This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Welcome to the Bondage Gaze. I'm Nat. And I'm Sammy. And today we're joined by CJ. Hello. Hi. Hi, CJ. How are you? Great. We're getting ready for the holidays, so. Yes, he means Easter. Halloween 2023. That's totally the holiday he's talking about. Exactly. Or oh, you just need to do what Danny did on his episode where he's like, have a nice Valentine's Day, Easter, Thanksgiving. It was a great Valentine's Day. It was a great New Year's. It was a great St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Have a nice insert your holiday. Oh, yeah. And then it's funny because his episode actually premiered around Easter. Like, I think like a week after or something. Yeah. People are listening like, what? This isn't coming out live? Oh, my God. <laughs> How dare you not make this live? Oh, yeah. It's like, I remember one person thought that it was live. Like, because we set up like a time to record. And then he posted on Instagram like, oh, like, watch me on the bondage gaze or whatever like that. And we're like, um, we're just recording. Nobody's going to hear anything for a while. Okay, so uh, where have people seen you in the kink world? Well, I used to have this art of self-bondage and my pictures are still all over the Tumblr, but I closed it. So other than that, uh, my Twitter, CA underscore 2125 and Recon, CA 2125. <laughs> awesome. Would you like to tell everyone what your fetishes are? Well, bondage. Other than that, I'm in a bunch of stuff. Like I usually go for role play scenarios, but really I've been like opening a lot to different things I'm trying a lot of things usually most like what are my limits things I'm not gonna do and then the rest um, we can talk about it. we can do it what do you like to do to somebody who's tied up or what are you like done to you when you're tied up I guess like whatever makes me or the guy tied up like squirm and struggle a lot tickle edging uh, slight torture I'm kind of a sadistic bitch but kinda like I go I do it with love <laughs> like I don't like extreme pain but I'm gonna make you scream. <laughs> I like that sadistic bitch with love. Exactly. I bully you with love. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I can attest to some of this since we have met. I love that the first time I was tied up around you, like you were already tied up, but then you were eager to get untied so you could go and like fuck with me. Yeah, like because I was like being already hanging out for most of the week and I was like, I want to play with him. <laughs> and also everyone was already messing with you. So I was like, I want to join the fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because it's like, I know the main thing well that people like doing with me especially like remembering that night was being tickled everybody was tickling me because it's just like so easy to get a response out of me that way yeah and like that time I was like also I wasn't feeling very subby that time so I was like okay this is fun but I want to really get in my dom side other than that like I guess I'm starting to get into different stuff like costumes role playing things like that I have a whole Instagram post about how I discovered I'm into superhero stuff apparently <laughs> that's awesome yeah like because obviously like everybody i love the chris o'donnell like batman scene but like i like that but like i don't know that didn't open any kind of worms for me as far as having like a superhero fetish and liking that kind of you know spandex jumpsuits and things like that and it, you know like even though i enjoyed that i was just kind of like yeah i mean you know like i think the costume and everything's fine but i don't really need that yeah i agree yeah I think for me, I always been a comic book fan geek, and I enjoyed like whenever in the comics the superheroes got tied up. But it wasn't mostly for the bondage, not for that superhero. But when tying up guys dressed as superheroes, I was like, wow, this is like relieving a fantasy that I you know, knew I have. Yeah, I like that scene, but I'm not into superheroes. I'm not into like a lycra. I just like it because he's tied and gagged, and it looks like a tape gag. But we're not going to touch that. <laughs> and then I think another part of it, at least for me, is I, I feel like I will just be really self-conscious in like that kind
kind of a like jumpsuit type of thing like I know some guys are really into that and it's like I already kind of see the way my body looks and like regular clothes and I'm like if I just put like one layer of like you know one tight layer of spandex or something like that over this like I, I don't think I'm gonna be very happy with, with what the end result is so what made you realize you were kinky I guess like I've always been I mean when I was a kid I remember enjoying whenever in TV somebody usually guys but I didn't notice that until later uh, somebody got tied up or when playing with my friends I tried to push like hey we're playing cowboys it wouldn't be cool if one of us got tied up then as like a teenager I found the marvelous world of porn I realized like oh people actually and yeah I'm getting turned off by this and other people are like that and well the rest is history I don't know it, it's funny how well when you bring up that like as kids you know wanting to play cowboys and everything it reminds me of the episode of The Simpsons when like Bart's having a sleepover and uh, I don't know they tie up Millhouse or like one of the kids and, and Marge sees them it's like you, you guys can play your cops and robbers or whatever in the house yeah it's Martin because they think he's gonna steal their comic book <laughs> I mean oh I think I remember that I don't know <laughs> I think I remember like I don't know Hey Arnold what, there was an episode when he gets tied up in the basement and like all the adults walk in and you're like oh you're playing spies keep going guy like he's like obviously not playing spies <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish we could do that like, we just have our little bondage in the loud room and then some rando walks in and they're like oh you must be playing spies as you were <laughs> I know adulthood is weird it's like we still have that playful element but like that kind of thing is just weird for adults yeah uh, so where or how do you find the keen content you're into currently most of it is Instagram Twitter OnlyFans before I mean I still do it but often it's like the classic pages like Bound Guys Capture Guys Bondage Your Party and Tumblr usually around something interesting might pop up in youtube or tiktok okay so yeah you mentioned a lot of social media apps and stuff so like what specifically do you look for on those like screen cap type of stuff do you look for like things from actual porn sites do you just look for things that users are posting or something like that i mean on one side i look like things from people i already know and i already know like that kind of my stuff so i just follow them but also like not necessarily porn stuff but more of like daily everyday scenarios i started following this guy on Instagram that he's posting pictures of soldiers tied up but there are pictures taken from real life situations so I'm like that's cool there are like a lot of like screen caps from like I like uh, Roper Mike and that like mainstream media stuff comic books when I actually look for stuff I usually look for duct tape it or tied up and in college which is a lot of porn about it but I try to look for more like actual everyday stuff yeah I mean because that's what's so interesting about like male bonded stuff like that being on social media is like social media has so many different things like there are profiles that are just like screen caps and clips from movies and things like that and then there are people who post like their own con like they have sessions with people and whatever and then they post their own shit like that or yeah it's like or it's something that like they somehow find hazing pictures videos something like that and post shit primarily like that it's interesting that there's just so many different like avenues of things even when I look for like porn I have my favorite my two old studios i look for things that kind of look like they're obviously porn but like guys getting kidnapped in some sort of scenario or a couple having regular fun in the bathroom not like kinky fun with whips getting tied up and having fun things like light bondage i mean from time to time i go for like bring out the ball gags and the whips and the leather and whatever but i prefer like regular day-to-day -day basis yeah it's funny because the other well this morning actually like a friend shared an old clip something I, I saw on Tumblr a little while ago but from the look of it like I think it's probably from the early 2000s like it seems maybe about 20 years old or so of a guy getting you know he's getting held down by one guy and another guy's like stuffing his mouth and putting different cloths like over it and things like that there's a lot of like kind of banter between you know with the doms and everything like doing that it's funny because something about it seems like it could be from a movie or something but just kind of seeing the detail of everything and the things being said and whatever it's like okay this has to be some kind of porn content i don't know exactly what it's from because it doesn't have like a watermark and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem very identifiable but like this is definitely like kinksters like making this content somewhere and 
yeah, it's like, and right now we're trying to figure out where it's from. I'm interested in finding out. <laughs> okay, so what would you say are your most uh, dominant traits? I guess I like to take control. I like to say, we're going to do this, this, and this. Are you okay with that? Okay, get up. I usually am the one who comes with like, uh, we're doing this. I mean, again, consent is important. Are you okay with this? Do you have any problems? No? Okay, let's do it. Shut up and let's do it. And also like when I'm in charge, as I say, I'm sadistic bitch. I'm a bitch when I'm in charge. I like to get a guy struggling and squirming. I love to go between like getting him turned on, but also annoying him a lot. <laughs> I think I get off annoying people. Up. <laughs> a lot of people know there's kind of an inside joke of the aglet because I found out that I could shove an aglet in people's noses and they really get annoyed by that and get frustrated. And I get it because it's really stupid. Yeah, it's like from what I remember when we hung out was you like using candle wax on people. You like ice. It's like, I mean, I think you also like tickling. It does seem like, you know, like you don't like actually inflicting any sort of pain or anything like that onto people, but you just like creating uneasiness. Yeah, I love that. Something I like is playing mental games with them. Like, obviously, I, we have like certain level of trust before doing that. But I like, for example, if you're, you have a limit, let's say you don't like being ticklish and so like, hey, I'm going to tickle you and you can't do anything about it. And obviously, I'm not going to do it because I know that's a limit, but I'm like threatening you to do that. Or if you don't like painting your nuts, I say like, you know what? If you don't open your mouth to let me gag you, I'm going to slap your nuts. And like, I'm not going to do it. I respect limits, but also there's like the uneasiness that I might do it. <laughs> we have trust before I start pulling that out. Well, let's hope none of your subs listen to this because they're going to call you bluff. <laughs> they're going to be like, he's not going to slap my nuts. He's just saying that. <laughs> and they know my secret now. <laughs> this is a warning to all future subs. He may do it next time. He's a sadistic bitch, self-proclaimed. <laughs> I might. So I'm just wondering, you say you're very tank control. We're doing this or within reason we're doing this. Are you like that outside of kink in your day-to-day life? Are you also very take control, take charge? I am, to be honest. I try like not to be, but I tend to be like, especially when I wear a group of friends, I'm like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Nothing? Okay, we're doing this. Or like, what do you want to eat? No ideas? Okay, I'm wearing this. Like, I am self-conscious about it too. Like, I try not to be that pochy, but I have a like a really short fuse in that I tend to snap a lot. I don't get angry, but I get to like, God damn it, make a decision. So I tend to take control a lot of things. I will say like, if you don't want it, let me know. I'm open to ideas, but if nobody is going to decide, I will guess I'll have to do it. No, that's good. I mean, I feel like this kind of relates, but you might have a different answer. So what do you like most about dominance, like either in your own dominance or dominance from other people? I guess, once again, it's the idea of taking control of the sub, but in a way, earning it, like I don't like, and this is what I like about subs, but I really like to have earned that control. I don't like where the subs go full on, like from the beginning, it's like, what do you want me to do, sir? Yes, sir, I'm for you or whatever. At least pretend to have earned that control. I don't know. I guess I like this mixture of like, I'm in charge, so I get to call the shots. I'm going to respect your limits and everything, but your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> Even when I've been subbing, I like when Doms take that approach, which perspective of a sub, I need to talk to them a lot first to make sure that they're going to ignore my opinion, but they are going to know what I want and what I don't like. So it's that's why I also say like, I don't really sub the first time. I usually need to get into sub mode. Yeah, It's funny because that's kind of how my boyfriend is. Like, I think since he's been with me, he kind of got a little bit looser with that. I don't know. It's funny because, you know, okay, like I, I do like dominating and on a switch and everything like that. But I also feel like it's also fairly easy for me to, to like <laughs> submit to people. Like it doesn't really take that much like for me to do that. That's a nice humble brag you gave yourself there. <laughs> what? My boyfriend's gotten looser since he's been with me. <laughs> I mean, I like literally in that way, like not. No, I know what you meant. I just couldn't resist. Yeah, I don't want to brag, but it's my boyfriend. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I mean, sometimes it is just like extra work for people to. I mean, I feel like it goes either way for people. It's like extra work to go into DAW mode or to go into sub mode or maybe sometimes both. But yeah, in, in a way, I feel like I'm just kind of a slut. Like I'm a little bit more of a slut with being a sub versus with being a DOM. I mean, I think for me, it's like there are different, both regards 
are effort, but they're different. Like for sub, I need to be emotionally and mentally prepared for that and get into sub mode, which can be hard sometimes. For Dom, it's more like physical effort. Like I need to make sure that the sub is okay, that they're not actually suffering. And also like even tying up and restraining them and whatever. I have to like, there's a lot of work there. So when I were talking about having this big group of people, I was like, I want to be a Dom, but I'm so lazy that I will have to tie like four, five, six people. Yeah, it's like, well, you saying that explains so much because like I know from our conversations and even like the first day when we were kind of talking about it, it sounded like you were saying that like, you know, it's a lot of work for you to get into sub mode and, you know, to do all of that. And then it seemed like, you know, I guess once you were settled in with the whole group, it didn't seem that difficult for you to go into sub mode. Yes, sub mode is more of a mental thing. Even when playing with you, like the moment when I said like, I'm tired, but I want to play with Nat, so I'm going to get out of the rules. It was because I wasn't really getting into sub mode. Like I wanted to do all those scenes and they were really cool, but I just couldn't get at that moment into sub. But to be honest, when we're playing uh, with you, I think the first time when you uh, had me with Danny, with King Paint, I was really feeling sub that moment, but then things happened that I wasn't just feeling, so I went full on dumb mode. But even then, like I was like, there's so many people here and I, if I'm going to be at home, I want to like make everyone feeling close and everyone's going sub right now. So there's so much work to do. I mean, that weekend really just, it, it kind of showed me, I guess, like how like different personalities, like kind of how they could work together, how it creates like a certain culture, like within the house and a certain just vibe. And then, yeah, it's like, because I mean, I guess there was a fairly amount, good amount of switches in the house, but like, I don't know, like it was also kind of like very subby. I mean, the subs always tend to outnumber the doms and the switches. Even the switches when they're around others, I guess they tend to be very subby. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in a setting with a lot of people, like, I feel like it's just easy to be like, okay, like I want, I, I'm interested in dominating, but it feels like dominating here would be a lot of work because it's a fuckload of people. So I'm just going to kind of roll over. Also, I know this, like with me and with other people who are like, they're switches, but they tend to lean towards one side more than the other. Usually they are more comfortable, like getting out of their comfort zone. If it's like a more private setting, like one-on-one play or one or two rather than one on seven and eight people. Yeah, it really makes a difference because um, after the bondage weekend for IML, it was the first time for most of us, like when we did it, like doing like a group thing, all of us staying together and just playing and doing all that shit. It, it was the first time for all of us. And then one friend kind of said that like, you know, I think he was sort of planning on taking charge and shit when we were planning it. And then when it actually happened, he sort of just kind of faded into the background and kind of just got distracted with like other things. And then so I feel like that kind of left me to sort of, you know, take that sort of charge and everything of the house and like and then I remember being kind of like like, like what the fuck like I thought we were gonna do this together and he's like okay like I've never done anything like this before and he's like it kind of surprised me that you kind of did as well as you did in a group yeah like he just said like okay if it's like one or two people he can kind of handle it but when it gets like more than that it's like okay this is this is stressful like I can't manage this I feel like that would be me I'm not the type of person that would I guess initially do it but I'm the type of person that it's kind of like well if no one else is stepping up may as well do it never been in a kink situation like that but i'm just thinking about my brother's wedding and how <laughs> brendan and i kind of just fucking pulled everything out of our ass in the last minute so yeah it's like well because sometimes when you're just i don't know when there's like a collective like everyone's kind of has their thumbs up their asses or something like not wanting to make a move not wanting to like do anything and it's like okay come on people so on the flip side what are your most submissive traits i'm a brat i could see that yeah and i love getting like tamed but i'm not comfortable with that word but it's brat tamer so i really love you know if i'm gonna get tied up i'm gonna talk back i'm gonna refuse to cooperate with whatever they want me to do i'm gonna curse i'm gonna glare at him that's also why usually when we're i'm sorry say like hey i'm gonna say no a lot ignore that completely we have a safe word if i don't use a safe word just ignore whatever i'm saying to you because i'm gonna say no and fuck you and let me out of this and this is stupid i hate this a lot but i'm loving it don't worry but once like we get to that moment where they like again tame me i become really like submissive in a way like this is my second part i don't really explore much but i'm kind of also like a pop they can be a moment like disobedient and jumping around and everything but then there comes a time when they're like i'm gonna lay my head in your lap and i want you to pet me and i want to thank you for doing this and i became more cuddly and so it's like a whole my usually my sub sessions are like a whole roller coaster of things going on i found out like surprisingly i love to annoy people but i also love getting annoyed i had a session with one person who 
basically because before that most of my doms had been really gentle and kind and I like them thank you for that but this guy was like no I know how, how you play so we're gonna, I'm gonna do the same to you and they were like so I know it's so frustrating I was loving that I really hate this from a personal level but also I'm getting really turned on by this yeah well okay first of all it sounds like the exact submissive version of your dom side like they both just sound like you know almost the same person just different roles because I mean you kind of in a way almost seem like a sort of bratty like devious like dom so that makes sense and then uh, yeah and then another thing is it's funny because like I think of it like when like I don't know like when I'm tied up for a while and then like not much is happening of like you start getting bored but then you also just kind of start thinking like oh like you know this itches or you know this kind of needs to be adjusted or I don't know you start kind of picking apart those things whereas if you're I don't know being a brat or if you're having something happen like done to you like being tickled or being tortured in some way or something like that you're more focusing on like the instant kind of stimuli and you're not focusing so much on the other things because you're you know you're not like getting bored I mean I have fallen asleep while tied up granted I fall asleep all the time so it's not our fault of the dog but like I remember like I play with this guy who was more into kidnapping and stuff which meant like being really tied up like really covered in ropes with a really tight gag for like three hours in a basement which it was fun but also whenever he would show up I would start like playing up like screaming and struggling and everything but once he left I was like okay now what I mean it's still fun kind of like this but I'm gonna take a nap and wake up and take another nap I guess yeah I think I've fallen asleep well there have been times when I've been tied up for an extended period of time with the intention of being expected to sleep like that but I think there was only one time where I actually was tied up in the middle of the day and fell asleep it was pre-Brandon I think I was hogtied but really loosely just laying on his futon I guess I got really comfortable and just dozed off I was also getting trains to Sydney a lot like working night shifts so I was probably exhausted too but it was pleasant oh my god I remember I think I brought it up before like I don't think I've nailed like a particularly good hog tie because I don't think I've had that much practice with hog tying people and the first time I tried to hog tie Luke he started cramping up I think in his leg or so because he's had a leg injury like about a year ago he kind of had like a really bad flare-up with it and everything like that I think this was like a month or so before that happened where that flare-up happened but um I remember like I thought I was doing a pretty good job like with it and then I don't know it's like I think once I was getting close to finishing he was like okay like I'm gonna need you to untie me and everything because it's like this is happening and shit and so yeah it's like so I just had to go backwards like right after finishing and that was kind of my first hog tie which I didn't even want to qualify because I didn't even really finish it and I had to untie him right away but then the next time I hog tied him it wasn't with rope it was with tape I forgot um his Instagram name but it was it was a reference to somebody on Instagram like because I just thought that looked so cool you know just like a tape hog tie and it looks really strict I did that on him and he wound up fall, falling asleep in that like even though it looks so restrictive and like I thought he would have wanted to get out of it like almost immediately like he stayed like that for a while and even fell asleep and like I found that so surprising because it didn't look comfortable you'd be surprised how comfortable ropes can get <laughs> once you get used to how tight they are yeah and then I feel like tape probably also helps with it because tape doesn't dig into your skin the way that rope does so you know it's just like flat and he was like laying on the floor he put down like workout mats that he uses whenever we do something on his floor but I mean I feel like the tape probably made it a little bit more comfortable than that would have been with rope yeah uh, it's a fine line between rope sticking in versus the tape pulling on your hair yeah so what do you like most about submission in other people again I'm a brat tamer and a brat so I like people to earn the submission to fight back to try to struggle to try to talk back to narc at me I love when soft source does it if I'm gonna gag them I like when they try to actually talk through the gag instead of just doing that mm. I like when they try to form wars or when they try to struggle or just that's what I also like to like actually annoy them and torture them because I usually get really honest reactions about it I remember one time I was edging this guy and I stopped like one second too late so he got to come but I stopped before like he could finish so he I swear that he wasn't dying he would have killed me right there <laughs> my only regret I didn't get to record that expression because he was like so upset <laughs> I mean I apologize to him I made it up for him later but he was like that was a perfect moment for me I was like yes this is what I love yeah <laughs> so when you were saying that um I just thought like so do you uh, try to make guys talk through their gags like do you purposefully like ask them things or like make them tell you things like so they can do that not perhaps like tell me like your life story but like for example if I'm tickling them I tell them like hey do you want me to stop 
up. I can understand you. Sorry, are you? Do you want more tickles? Or like, for example, something I discovered I love to do is because recently I've been playing a lot with like two or more guys and trying to turn them against each other. Like, oh, who would get tickled now? You or you? Tell me. Usually nine or ten, they're going to be treasure immediately. <laughs> and I like love when they try to talk like that or like, oh, you want me to tickle? Then said, please don't tickle me. <laughs> sorry, I don't know what mm -hmm means. You see, I'm a bitch. No, it's great. You've got to have a little bit of bitchiness if you're going to be a dom. You need that sadistic streak. Like soft doms have their place, don't get me wrong, but you still need a little bit of toughness from time to time. Well, yeah, it's like because one guy, and then it's funny because I didn't realize how much like it would turn me on. Was like I forgot what he would tell me to say like while I was gagged, but like it was like a specific phrase or something like that. And then I remember doing that and then just getting just instantly kind of like turned on like by that, like because there's just something so humiliating, you know, about doing that. Yeah. Like, especially he's kind of laughing at it and, and making you repeat yourself and, you know, kind of like what you were saying. I mean, what's the point of having someone tied up if you're going to make him suffer? Yeah, it's like that. And then humiliation is also just like a, it's just such a good like part of that. Like, because it's like a whole, it's like the mental impact play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you indicated how like, you know, we've kind of talked about like the stuff that I posted about with the uh, giving straight men hell. And so, yeah, it's like I figured we could just sort of make that a theme for this episode so the first question for that that i have is so why do you think that there's so much gay porn kinky or vanilla that involves tricking or seducing straight men i guess because like the point of straight men is they're not gonna be into that no matter what so obviously they have to be tricked or seduced or for them but also i think like is the idea of getting the upper hand over them for example you are being either stronger or in the case of beating them up or tricking them into doing gay stuff you're being stronger or smarter than them and in the off seducing is more of like I think in the seduction part there's more like this fantasy of being the special one who managed to seduce him like it's the same with competition like you're smarter you're stronger or you're harder and I think that has to do a lot with us being men and how we see masculinity yeah again this is like going in how society is not necessarily how you as a person might see it but like masculinity is a lot of competition and a lot of like being on top and usually because straight men are like in quotations the normal standard they are supposed to be on top we queer people are supposed to be weaker and second rate so part of fantasy is like you can be them in their own game in their competition you can be again stronger smarter sexier and then yeah the part of like with that question why i even say you know kinky or vanilla is because you know when i was coming of age you know as someone who's into men i also had a few gay friends like in high school and stuff and we you know we would watch porn together and you know do kinds of things like that that teenagers do but like obviously gay porn and I totally knew that fetishizing straight men was a thing like immediately because a lot of it was you know like they th there would be tricks of like you know there would be like a group of gay guys with a hot girl in a van and they'd you know pick up random guys off the street and then the woman would offer like a blowjob and whatever and stuff like that and then but they'll blindfold the guy and then a guy would be the one to actually do it and then and then they'll reveal it and I don't know it's like a whole other thing where they start offering him money for that and everything and like that was just like you know like kind of a pre that and then plus my friend is like super into straight guys and then I feel like that has sort of evolved into like he likes DL guys now like he specifically likes like men who are like married to women and you know go on business trips and he you know meets them at, the, at their hotel and fucks them and he's like just super into that like it, it's like I feel like he's not even really that into like gay men or anything but he's not into bondage or anything like that so I've kind of seen that sort of from the vanilla side and then you know and then when you look into the kink side it's not necessarily that different okay so I really wasn't into explicitly gay porn in my teen years because I was supposedly straight in quotations so I usually try to go to fandom because yeah I'm looking at a woman but I actually was looking at a man well we all supposedly straight <laughs> yeah but I remember like my first like my full-on gay interactions were through like fan fiction and stuff like that where there's a lot of like characters who suddenly are gay and I realized that a lot of what I like was the idea of the gay guy who makes that straight guy discover that they either gay or bisexual and you know there's this romanticism about like yeah I'm the special one and he's doing this for me or he's stepping out of his comfort zone for me and I think that can be pushed all the way to sex especially if he's like willing again as you say your friend that is into straight guys married guys who now is the idea that he's doing this out of his comfort zone with me so on one side I'm special but on the other side I have this power to not really 
really about turn them gay. I don't know. It's so interesting because he even said that it's like that straight men fuck differently than gay men. Straight men are used to operating a vagina, and so they're a lot gentler. <laughs> Whereas like gay men, well, they'll just they'll just go in. Like they, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like that's new to me. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't say I've. I mean, look, I'm gonna probably piss a lot of people off here by saying this, but if they're fucking a dude, they're not straight. Sorry, but no. <laughs> you might be like 95% into women, but there's still that little bit of bisexuality or pansexuality there. Yeah. So I'm not defending that they are straight because they're, you know, they're fucking my friend who's a man. But yeah, it's like, I mean, what's what's interesting is like the socialized as straight, like the people who are living the straight lifestyle, the people who live a quote unquote normal heterosexual lifestyle and, you know, meets and dates and marries women and has that kind of experience with it. And then off to the side goes and fucks gay guys. It's like, that's a little different than people who are just full gay. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not saying there isn't a distinction. So from your point of view, is there really something appealing about liking men who are genuinely into women? Or is it just the straight coded or masculine things that we're drawn to? I think there can be like both. I mean, from my perspective, as a gay man who has fantasized with straight men before, from one side, I do think it's a lot of like social issues. Like we are again conditioned to like straight coded things like masculine men, suits, competitiveness, aggression, everything else. So we tend to go for those characteristics. Even in like, you can look a lot of recon profiles of gay men who say like, I'm looking for a masculine guy, which let's face it, they were looking for that kind of aura. So it's for a straight looking guy. Then there's also like specifically like, I like this straight person. Uh, on one side is the idea of having something you cannot have, wanting something you can have. But then there's also like, for example, again, competition. We are beating them. We are taking something that was taken away from us. There's also the idea of like normalcy. We as queer people are denied this idea of normalcy within society. So by going for a straight guy, that's in quotation the normal thing to do. I think there's a lot of things going on. Like again, this might not apply for every gay man, but yeah, it's like well, because like with what you were saying, I was like, there there is something about just like fetishizing the normal and the ordinary and stuff like that. It's something that's like different for us if you are a queer person and live a queer lifestyle and mostly hang out with queer people seeing you know typical traditional straight things and you know those lives and everything like that like there's something foreign about it so it makes it just kind of fun and enticing and like sort of exotic to us and in a way it's like at at least for me I feel like as a kinkster it's like part of me kind of likes sort of perverting that a little like just you know okay this is so repressed and conservative and whatever but like (laughs) I like I want to do it to the point where it's fucking just perverse and ridiculous and everything like kind of like whenever I make the you know the comparison between like chastity devices and then like the Mormon underwear that's supposed to keep men from fucking and everything like that's basically a chastity device but it's like I I, I like the idea of just making that just so perverse and everything even though it's so religious and conservative and all that even I think like speaking of more into kink and especially bondage part of bondage appeal especially for a sub or the guy getting tied up is that they are doing this even if it's acted out like against their will that's a point of restricting someone so they lose agency they lose and really if we see it from a narrative point of view who could be more against their will than a straight man being tied up and played with by a gay man that's like probably one huge fantasy of being able to empower this straight man and it's even better if he suddenly starts enjoying it because you are turning him into gay and it's like a power play there something you mentioned previously about the guys that look at, are looking for the straight acting I, say, I really hate that term straight acting it's so outdated yeah I think that's a term that needs to die a very quick death because I don't feel like I've heard that term past like maybe 2010 maybe a little after 2010 but like are people still using it I think it's less common okay so a question that I wrote down I feel like it kind of relates to what Sammy just said of so how like how do you feel or respond to like anything that says like mask for mask or something like that because with me whenever I saw that on anything ever since it started showing up on like scruff they put masculine or mask for mask or you know just something kind of like that I've always just like avoided those people like I don't know what you consider masculine I don't know if I would fit that mold I don't care to try to fit that mold if if I don't fit it so I'm just not gonna bother like talking to you or trying to meet you or anything I mean to be honest I don't really again I usually look into Raycon and actually when people are like I'm looking for a masculine man I'm not gonna go into there because like you I don't know what you mean by masculine I mean I assume you mean like really fit gym guys with her, her 
interest and maybe some stubble and like you know your idea but i mean personally i identify myself as a man as a masculine man but i don't define myself with all the masculine characteristics yeah like the society tells that we should like those type of men i remember even with women like i remember talking back when we were younger with some female friends like what do you like in man and they were like nice hair strong again we were like it wasn't a deep conversation or anything but and we were young but like it's already shown how that society is telling us that that's what we should like and we also are conditioned like that we since we're not into women we look okay so let's look at tv what do we like and let's face it these guys are hot but we are not gonna see them like this in real life in recon or on our dating site yeah it's like the, i mean that's why it feels very alienating like when you just see something like that it's especially when it's like no femmes and stuff like that and see i feel like that's like another thing that like when i was like 20 and i didn't really know that many gay people and i i was still a virgin like at that age and all of that like so i had like no kind of exposure to gay people i felt like i really did see you know like a very clear divide between mask and femme like gay men and everything but i feel like now now that i've befriended mostly queer people i've you know i was really into like the drag scene and everything at one point i you know rupaul's drag race became huge and like all of that happened that it's like almost at this point like obviously you can kind of tell more feminine queer men versus masculine ones but i don't see that much of a difference anymore now now, now that i've like surrounded myself by queer people and everything i like i can't parse those two things like so distinctly yeah i feel like the gap's closing the stereotypes that were there even 10 years ago aren't there as much today i know that kind of contradicts what i said before but i did say it is getting better even with the straight men now like 10 years ago you'd hear a voice and you'd think like oh well he sounds gay you see straight men on reality shows and i'll be courting a woman but you listen just from the voice you think oh they sound a bit gay i know that's a terrible thing to say but it's a good thing in the sense of well men aren't feeling the need to put on this like a blokey bloke voice like so that is great that men are being more comfortable allowing themselves to sound it's not feminine but it is perceived as feminine by some archaic minds okay i'm just thinking back to like 20 years ago probably even a little bit longer back when our representation was basically will and grace that was about it i used to think because the gay men always have that stereotypically very feminine voice yeah i thought that was automatic like once you were gay like having sex well i didn't think about the sex part but i just assumed gay men naturally had that voice <laughs> yeah it's like i mean because that's even kind of getting back to the series i did about giving the straight man hell i mean that's kind of something that i bring up like why i think representation is so important because it's like i feel like in a way like since there was only that stereotypical gay that was on anything it was very easy for even gay people to like not like gay you know for even gay people to be homophobic to just be like ew like i don't i don't like that i don't want anything to do with that i don't want to be like that i don't want other people to see me that way you know it is like homophobic and bad but it's also like you can't blame them because it is sort of just like such a stereotype that it's like well of course you're not going to like it because it's you know these a lot of these characters or at least their characteristics aren't really made to be likable it's maybe funny maybe people might use it to be scary like when you kind of look into like the queerness and horror movies and things like that but i feel like for the most part people haven't really been programmed to like or identify with those kinds of characteristics or traits or things until like recently and that's the thing it is getting better but there is always a lot of internalized homophobia yeah i think uh, something i notice a lot because i grew up in an environment where like don't talk like that people are gonna think you're gay <laughs> but i noticed like because as gay people we usually associate with sexual orientation but there's also the issue of gender and how you express being a man or not identifying with masculinity sexual orientation acceptance has grown a lot in the past 10 20 years but gender issues has really become a thing really recently and with that is that the idea of how you express yourself either masculine or feminine way has starting to blur and it's like more of a spectrum like i can like sports but also i can speak like really effeminate or i can like theater and be really manly and be a day boys and things like that right so i think like there's been progress especially in younger generations like i'm surrounded by kids in their early 20s and like a lot and i see a lot more as like freedom of expression or how you identify yourself not only as man or woman but as some non-binary and all these gender expressions and i think that's helped a lot to remove this idea that either you're masculine or you're a feminine guy yeah with you talking about the younger generation i even think about like how it's like god this must be such a confusing time for them for like you know queer kids of like this
this day because on one end there's that like there's like a lot more acceptance and visibility and things like that and everything like they could be kind of more comfortable with themselves but I feel like then there's the backlash of all of that of like the homophobia is like reaching the surface with like conservatives and everything of like for the 80s and 90s and shit they were able to plausibly deny everything because queer people are just so underground so hidden and then now that you know there is more visibility there is more recognition and all of these things you know a lot of the conservative straights are like freaking out you know and really just revealing themselves of how homophobic they are and how homophobic shit has actually been in the past it's like that saying equality feels like oppression when you're privileged yeah now the white straight christian or any religion i'm not going to just pick on christianity because there are some great christians out there but the ones that use their religion as an excuse for their homophobia they've always been able to get away with that bullshit and now they can't they throw out words like woke or cancel culture we're a victim of cancel culture get woke go broke like all this shit and it's like it's not woke to treat people with basic fucking human decency it's not cancel culture because you are facing the consequences of your actions yeah and then the big thing is like the fear of normalizing this for kids and then like to even think of like how many fucking kids have suffered because of homophobia but then for you know these straights to just be like basically saying these kids need to know that it's bad to be gay like they need to know that it's bad they need to be scared of being gay they need to be in the closet the kids is just an excuse they really don't care about kids back in in my country in Latin America there was this whole movement called don't mess with my kids which were like let's protect the kids from the gay people and this weirdos would stand in the street with a huge banner saying I don't want to explain my kid what anal sex is and I remember one tutor is like hey my kid didn't know what anal sex was until he saw your banner you asshole I mean I agree that kids shouldn't be explained that element of it but they shouldn't be explained about fucking vaginal sex either that's the thing gay people are just existing and they're like oh my god don't sexualize that my kid we're fucking not we're just existing and yet you've got these fucking straight men like there was a thing I'd read it the other day straight man takes his fucking nine year old son to hooters but oh my god gay people are fucking sexualizing our kids no fuck off with that shit that's why I loved like for a YouTuber that I follow who was ta- you know commenting on like especially with like the taking um children to drag shows and you know drag story hour and stuff like that it's like kind of more toned down it's not like nightclub like drag performances and stuff um they make it more family friendly but like how people are like demonizing that as like oh this is like child abuse and grooming and all of that and then i love that like a youtuber that i follow brought up child pageants okay so when are we going to talk about this as child abuse and grooming like you're training these little girls you know that looks are very important and this is what you need to be anything as an adult woman and we're going to put makeup on you and put all fake teeth and wigs and all this other shit on you and everything like that and yeah in the end it's like there are these groups of power like usually straight white male christian people and whenever there's something that threatens their privilege be it like gay rights or race or you know feminism or whatever other social movement is their first response is to victimize themselves because they assume that having equality means that they are going to lose their privilege that fake narrative that if if they want things they're going to have to take them away from us yeah that's why we have so many like boogeyman that certain conservative groups are pushing like critical race theory and queer people grooming children and radical feminists hating men it's just because they are scared that they're going to lose their privilege and they are reacting like that yeah they've been on top for so long and they've treated all these minorities like garbage they're worried that if they lose that power structure that they're going to be the ones treated the way they've been treating other people it's almost like the way you've been treating people is wrong it's been wrong I'm shocked yeah so what do you find appealing about bondage with like straight coded things like not necessarily about seducing or tying up a straight man but like something like a tied up athlete or some other like military police kind of uniform or something like that it's worth talking about straight coded thing one of the straight things you can see is the guy grunting and squirming and glaring at you and trying to fight back and especially in porn where in quotation straight men are being put in bondage they're usually figures that usually have power like an army guy a police officer a teacher a boss an executive so I think the appeal is that it's like you are taking power from these figures that are, are usually powerful yeah like I feel like there's something to like the naivete of like it feels like naivete when people look at like men in certain kinds of uniforms and not see them as like sexually appealing or like as like sex objects or something like that I, I don't know it's like maybe it's not being naive maybe they're just not perverts or something I was gonna say I get the point you're making but I just 
sounds wrong. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I mean, like I, I talked about um, the other day once when I was in my hometown for the holidays and I don't know, we passed by a house where, I don't know, it was getting raided or something like that with police. And so there was a few police cars kind of parked around and like policemen just walking around and it wasn't that cold because it was in Texas. So like they were wearing short sleeve like shirts, like for their uniforms. And they're also all wearing black gloves, just like that little, because I just kind of started getting into gloves within the past year because of my boyfriend. And then just kind of noticing that like, like a little light bulb or something just went off like, huh, like why, why are they all like looking like all hot with their gloves on and shit? Like what's going on here? I guess for me, like uniforms, like in that sense, don't really do much. I like seeing men in uniform, but usually because the men itself are attractive and the uniform is just a nice alone. But at least I don't really think much of uniforms unless again, it's within a scene or like, yeah, the police is getting taken down by robbers. That's kind of hot. Okay. So you brought up like superhero costumes like earlier. Do you see superhero costumes kind of fitting into like this, like, like straight coded category? Yes. I, some, there's, I don't know, probably you're familiar with the Robin costume of the 60s with the briefs. And that is basically a kid. And I've never found that attractive. But when we see like Captain America, Spider-Man, even Batman itself or Superman, like they are coded to be these straight, strong, muscular, powerful men. So being seen, take them down is again the same fantasy with an authority figure being taken down, right? I mean, and then something with superheroes is, you know, they're supposed to embody everything that's like good. Like they're supposed to just be everything that's pure and wholesome and, you know, because they have all this power, but then they're using their power for good to save the world and whatever and shit like that. So I feel like naturally straight coded just kind of trickles into that because I feel like when you look at the inverse of that, it's easier to kind of make the villain kind of queer. I mean, there is a reason I love playing the villain because like I get to be as theatrical as I want. <laughs> I get to wear fancy costumes while the heroes are stuck with the spandex. Whatever reason you have to wear what you want. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I could wear a cloak every day, I would do it. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see you make it happen. I need a little bit more confidence, but yeah. <laughs> Give it time. A guy I recently started talking to on Recon said that, I mean, kind of in a joking way, but I think he was also a little serious. He's like really obsessed with like kind of, it doesn't have to be superhero, but any type of thing in like a movie or TV show or something where a protagonist is captured and then the villain kind of goes on a whole like dialogue about you know his diabolical plan or you know something kind of like that like he like he said that he was really into like those sorts of things and then it's funny because i kind of jokingly said like okay well i guess i'll start preparing my speech or whatever whenever i tie you up and we do this or whatever like i think he was joking but he also kind of liked that like like i think he wouldn't be mad if i did you know go that route and like have something kind of prepared or something i mean what can be more homoerotic that the hero tied up and the villain approaches him and holds his cheek or pinches his cheek or like takes off his mask is like just a little bit more and he's a porno. <laughs> so I mean I feel like we've kind of in a way sort of got to the appeal of the fantasy of a tied up straight man but I don't know do you see like the fantasy of a tied up gay man have like kind of equal pull for you like is it equally as appealing or for me it's more of like straight colored person and gay colored person and I do feel like fantasy of a gay man can be appealing again granted we're making a difference between sexual orientation and gen actual gender. The whole point is how the person is playing it up. When I see gay porn, usually the person tied up is explicitly gay. <laughs> and it works. Like, he's, like, struggling and then he started enjoying. I think there's also, like, uh, another layer in that there's, like, this issue of, well, with straight men, it's usually non-consensual. Maybe in the end a little bit consensual because they're enjoying it, but usually it's painted as non-consensual. With gay men, it can quicker go into the semi-consensual territory. They're tied up. Oh, no, I don't want it, but oh, my God. I'm, I'm immediately enjoying it. Um, a few scenes later, I'm already my knees sucking up someone's dicks, which I think also like with straight man, the fantasy usually is that you are going to break him. With gay men, I mean, you can also break him, but that you can convince him to be with you to enjoy it, to let himself lose and enjoy it easier. So I think there's also an appeal to that. What about you, Nat? Do you enjoy watching gay men as much as straight men or do you have a preference? Well, okay, so because my theory about this is there's more of an element of fantasy when it's straight men 
them because they kind of exist in a more sort of foreign land than us like something that we're a little less familiar with it's like because I'm attracted to you know to queer men and everything but in a way of like yeah it's like it's weird because like imagining them being tied up and stuff like that it feels closer to reality like especially you know somebody who is into bondage and meets a lot of kinksters and plays a lot and does bondage weekends and all of that shit it's like I'm so familiar with that that it's like this just feels so normal to me that it's hot and enjoyable and I like it but then it doesn't feel very fantasy I mean thinking back on at least longer videos of porn with a plot when we're dealing with the straight man usually a conflict is already that he's straight that's the source of the conflict and why he's tied up and whatever when dealing with gay men usually there has to be some other reason for conflict some that come to mind is this old video of they were going to kidnap this guy for a kinky session and they got the wrong guy it was a runner and the guy got like taken to this basement and that conflict was that this guy was taken from the screen against his will but once he was like tied up and naked he started enjoying it because he was gay yeah boy napped from bound and gagged yeah that one or even like I remember there was another one of this gay couple they went to a construction site and the conflict was that one of the guys got tied up and got jerk off and left hard and the other guy went to sleep and even if you see like one of your party movies usually when they have a explicitly gay couple they're usually some other level of conflict than just let's have fun and tie each other up well if you are bringing like straight gay hell usually the conflict comes from the guy straight and he got tied up it's like well and then that's why I find it interesting how you immediately was talking about gay men in bondage and immediately goes into like the he's kind of into it whereas like there's always the assumption that a straight man isn't going to enjoy it he's not going to like it he's not it's not his thing whatever but like with a gay man there's at least a possibility of it even though we know that gay vanillas exist there's still that part of us that kind of assumes like promiscuity or kink or something a little different with gay people versus with straight people yeah I'm not fast I don't mind watching the videos with the straight dudes but I'm not going to seek it out for example I like straight hell breed of fuckers for the bondage content they do yeah the fact that the guy is straight is totally irrelevant I mean to be honest I don't really mind it that much it's not like a whole level but there's some like for example what you were bringing of capture guys whenever he's like have that guy tie up and like hey enjoy it straight guy for me it's like a little bit of extra layer of the guy didn't like doesn't like to be there I mean he's already struggling and glaring and everything but when he's straight guy like he doesn't like to be there yeah it's like so kind of going with what Sammy was saying is yeah like I do love breeder fuckers and straight hell but yeah like I don't care that they're supposed to be straight men like the, the characters can be gay or straight or pan or bi or whatever like I just like the quality of the bondage and the acting and everything like that in that yeah it's like like I could care less about like that specific focus um, on it which kind of brings me to like sort of my other point for me something that really turns me on with fantasy and stuff like that is like the mentality of like a real captor versus like you know the mentality of like a kinkster so somebody who's like the thought process and what they have to do and everything like that for like a guy who has to like capture somebody and keep him quiet and everything like that but like not be turned on by it like I just find something like so fascinating about that and then that's always something that I always kind of think of with like fantasies and things like that okay I don't understand the appeal of like uh, real captor like robber kidnapper I mean yeah I guess when looking especially at mainstream media which usually where it happens because usually porn they're gonna end up fucking at one point I think it's because like that's the ultimate non-consensual fantasy like mainstream scenarios you know the guy doesn't want to be there and usually the guy are gonna try to escape or scream for help or whatever and the captor's main objective is to keep them restrained to keep them quiet to keep them out of the way they don't really care about playing with them or making fun that they are horny yeah because like a key thing for me is like for a non-kingster to think to gag somebody and then how they think to gag somebody like what like what they think would be an effective gag like how you know like like all those little intricacies or things that I, I just like love like thinking about and because I also feel like in a way you know there can be potentially like some sort of enjoyment from doing that from like dominating another person without it necessarily being like sexual like I mean in a way like kind of you know if we take it out of the kidnapper captor kind of scenario and put it more into like a frat boy scenario with like hazing or something like that you know like there's some kind of enjoyment with it like it's like they're not you know they're not restraining this person to kidnap him or something like that or to hurt him necessarily or anything it's just sort of like in a playful sort of way but then there's still like an enjoyment for having somebody restrained like that well every vanilla knows a strip of tape is the most effective method right <laughs> oh no the best method is like just 
a tiny strip of cloth between your teeth. That's going to keep you quiet. Mm, that too. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to tie your hands in front. That's the job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> such bullshit. I was looking at a scene the other day. It's an okay scene. It's a strip of tape. But something that bugged me is I noticed between shots, the length of the tape changes like back and forth. It goes from like at least a decent strip to like fuck all. <laughs> and I'm like, that bugs me more than the fact that it's a shitty, ineffective piece of tape. One thing I hate is like when they do a strip, like a strip tape gag, but like if the tape is like shitty or the person being gagged has like facial hair or something. And so the tape kind of like sticks up like from the face and it's like, okay, this guy could clearly fucking move his jaw or something. Like nothing is holding it shut. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> that always drives me nuts. So yeah. So how could all of this uh, relate to straight men's fear of like submission and femininity? For many straight men showing any kind of weakness it's already feminine and embracing like feelings and sensibility and being in a vulnerable position is already feminine it's already can be really scary like I remember when Fifty Shades of Gay Grey was a thing and suddenly everyone was talking about bondage we wish it was Fifty Shades of Gay there should be probably a porn about that <laughs> anyway so everyone's talking like I remember these straight friends who like went kind of like were you be into that one like I kind of would be bad only if I get to tie up the girl and the other one like yeah I would probably and I kind of asked him like and what if you get tied up you like, no that's freaking shit because they they just can't be seen liking it like I feel like it's even something that if somehow their friends find out that you know that their bro is in a kinky relationship with a girl and that she ties him up like I feel like he would have to like downplay it as much as possible like some way of like oh yeah I don't really like it or whatever I just you know do it because she likes it or I don't know some way to kind of shift the blame or something even in porn like there's really few kinky scenes of where the girl ties up the guy and it doesn't end bad for the guy like usually in mainstream media he's gonna be either humiliated or murdered or something and in porn usually he's gonna suffer a lot but there's a lot of parallels to non-kinky elements here too. So let's be honest, in most straight couples, the woman wears the pants. The man likes to act like he wears the pants in front of his buddies, <laughs> but he's pretty fucking powerless. Also, they're not wanting to be dominated by a man. It comes back to homophobia, the fear that men will treat you the way you treat women. Yeah. Okay, if anybody has seen Halloween Kills, um, like, re like in the last couple of years, since 2018, there's been a trilogy of Halloween movies. Halloween Kills is the second one of the trilogy. It's the first time there's ever a gay, any kind of gay person, couple, whatever, in a Halloween movie. Um, they bought the Myers house, which is a big part of the Halloween series. And the depiction of the gay couple, it's not like any other depiction that I've seen, but it's still very stereotypical. Something that I've kind of assessed that like what kind of bothered me about it is the characters' names are Big John and Little John. And that's all the two characters call each other and it makes it seem like it's a play on like their physical size because one guy's taller and one guy's shorter but I kind of figured out that I feel like what it is is a designation of who's the top and who's the bottom because I think straight people find that kind of thing hilarious like of just the fact that like a man is a bottom or something like that of you know I feel like that's the big thing that they can't wrap their heads around of like a man willing to submit a man willing to bottom like you know all of those things you know I think that's a nice way of putting it because I don't really think straight people think about it like that. I think they think, which one's the woman? Yeah, I'm seeing it from the more gay perspective, but it's basically the same thing. But yeah, like, which one's the girl? Which one? It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with homophobia. Like, I feel like with homophobes, they see two men walking down the street holding hands and immediately think of ass sex. Like, you know, oh, they're fucking each other on the ass and things like that. Like, that's, that's the immediate thing. Any kind of gay exposure is indecent and perverted and, like, too adult and everything is because they, they just can't get past like ass fucking like they're just so paranoid of that and yet who's the one thinking about it who's the pervert I know I, I I never fucking think of ass sex and I'm I'm queer as fuck like I don't think that it's like kind of associated with like who is the man and who is the woman in the relationship like who has the pants for many straight people especially back when gay couples weren't that common in to see they try to associate what they don't know with what they already find normal so for them a normal couple has 
as a guy and a woman and they each have their own roles to assume that and both gay and lesbian people are going to have the same dynamics of I mean we have seen many like in media lesbian couples of one lesbian is butch and masculine and the other is really feminine same with gay men when gay is more masculine the other is more feminine I vaguely remember I think it was a sitcom or something with a gay couple and someone asking so who is the girl in that relationship and the joke was that both say the other one was the girl which is like there's not a need to be a girl but that was like how special straight people try to make sense of two men liking each other and not conforming to societal roles and I think that's where the big humiliation aspect of like bondage kind of comes from with the the thought of a man submitting like okay yeah he's not bottoming like as in you know like nobody's fucking him necessarily but like just being submissive kind of puts him in that lesser kind of role yeah I mean I think that's the appeal of femdom is the idea that the woman is taking control of the man and, and the man is letting himself be tied up or dominated or whatever even getting back to like the question of you know what do you like most about submissiveness is kind of in that aspect of like men who are willing to be submissive and then also just sort of like let go and just kind of get into it and everything of you know not being afraid to like struggle and like talk into their gag and volunteering to be tied up and you know all those things kind of like that as I say like part of the appeal for me of submissiveness is letting yourself go once you're tied up you can scream you can moan you can't struggle you can laugh you can do whatever you want within these constraints right yeah it's funny it's like because that's actually what's appealing about getting to submit it's like you're allowed that option you're it's like you know getting on a roller coaster and screaming your head off for five minutes or something like it's that kind of release of like you know there's no other context where it's acceptable to do that but you can do that within this context and in this setting and the way i see it like getting to submit is in a way you're putting your vulnerable because you're letting someone else take care of you so you can basically do whatever you want the other person's gonna take care of that i feel like that's why there's this thirst for men like gay or straight or whatever to be submissive like i feel like if you really come down to it like 90 percent of men are submissive in some shape or fashion or something because it's like because society just builds masculinity and men up to be this thing that it isn't and then there's just so much pressure on like everybody's shoulders to just be that you know and abide by it and everything that everyone's just like well fuck this like i want to do like something else i want to be able to like cry or submit or be taken care of and completely helpless i've met several like straight guys who just want to be tied up by a guy but i've never met a straight guy who actively only wants to tie up a guy i mean some of them are switches but i haven't met a single full-on dumb straight man looking for other men but makes sense because if they're dominant they probably want to be tying up the women but some of them don't want to ask the women or don't want to be made powerless by a woman yeah like and then i've also heard of some people or scenarios that sound kind of toxic where there are straight married men who like they kind of have open relationships with their wives but like they only want to tie up like gay men like so they're living you know this like normal somewhat vanilla lifestyle and then kind of off to the side they're and they only dominate they, they only dominate like they don't meet people to get tied up or anything like that it's like it's purely like they're the dom when it comes to like when it comes to tying up men and everything and then that that dynamic seems appealing but then I remember talking to somebody about it about like a real guy he met who's like that and he said like no that was actually kind of awful because there is just like this weird kind of power you know struggle dynamic thing kind of happening and this like almost borderline homophobic thing sort of happening with like this otherwise straight man who just kind of likes meeting up with like gay men and like kind of doing this and everything and I don't know it's kind of weird if the marriage is open if the wife is okay with it I mean it sucks that your friend had a bad experience but as long as everyone is consensual I'm not going to judge it yeah okay so this week's listener question comes from Pup Soxical so we know what he's hoping your answer will be what is something you like to include with bondage his examples are sock sniffing edging etc and why I love whatever gets a reaction from the other person I mean usually I go for tickles and edging and nipple play but really I'm kind of open like I've done sock sniffing like press my foot against their face or shove a chew against their faces I don't different things especially like I remember this guy was playing that I enjoy showing my foot against his face not because he was a foot but more because he had a dominance act like he really wanted to get away from my foot and he was cocked eyes so he couldn't so I was like aha but usually I say I do whatever like gets a reaction from them sometimes I 
usually experiment a little bit with them to see what works, what doesn't work. My go-to things are tickles, edging, nipple pay, and pain if they're into that, like CBT or stuff like that. Okay. What about you, Nat? With me, it's really multifaceted because it's kind of similar to that. Well, because this sounds very situational based of like specifically what this guy, you know, wants and is into and will react to and things like that, which I mean, I kind of like, I, I don't feel like I'm, it's like since, since I've met you, CJ, it's like, I don't, I don't think I'm quite at like that devious, like kind of like on that level, like, of like kind of trying to get a, like stir up like the sub or get a reaction out of him or something, even though I do like those kinds of things. But for that i mean i would include things like um i mean definitely clothing and like you know suits uniforms like things like that and then other things is you know i i mean i typically like like i like nipple play myself and then but once again that's another situation based thing because there's some guys who don't like their nipples being touched or nothing really happens if you touch their nipples so you know it kind of depends and i mean i feel like a lot of them a lot of the other ones depend like i know the tickling that's a big thing because some guys absolutely hate it some guys just aren't ticklish what about you? Similar in the sense there's not really a straight answer to it, but you know, if I'm tied up for recreational purposes, I prefer to have my socks on, for example. I don't know why it's just more comfortable, but in terms of the actual play, a bit of tickling, like I hate being tickled, but I love the idea of being tickled when I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I love being jerked off, especially if I'm made to come. Not really made, but especially if I get to come. Often my husband, he won't edge me, but he will stop before I can come and then leave. But I think it's almost better and more torture if he does make me come in that moment you've come you're like well fuck now i'm done i want to be untied but there's no escape so it's just that extra <laughs> element the occasional shoe taped to my face is good too on occasion i do like getting jacked off like well i'm tied up it's not it's not I, I don't have to every time but i mean it's nice when when we do do that i remember talking to one guy who just kind of came out of the kink closet recently so at the time when we were talking he didn't really have any experience but i remember we were just kind of talking about things he's into and things that he'd be okay with and stuff like that and then I said like would it be okay if I like touched your dick if I took it if I took it out if I did anything like that he said like I, I'd be offended if you didn't do that I mean it's it's just always good to verify that alright so CJ do you prefer donuts or bagels? Bagels interesting such a resurgence for bagels lately back in my country in like America we have really good donuts from Dunkin Donuts they were really really good donuts and when I came here I went to Dunks and they were like what is this this is such a disappointment and then they discover bagels and they were like yeah forget donuts bagels is not my thing okay it kind of makes sense like we had people from new jersey and they also chose bagels and they say that they have the best bagels like in the country and it kind of makes sense because they're not that far away all right guys that is it for this show thank you cj for joining us no problem it was really fun guys all right guys until next time i'm sammy and i'm nat have a good one guys bye